Live from Music City, Nashville, Tennessee, this is J-Rod Concerts, the podcast with Jamie Rodriguez. A trip of music discovery, Jamie is picking people he thinks you'll really like. Musicians, artists, producers, and everyone involved in the world of music. Here's your host, Jamie Rodriguez. The date was early June of 2021. The location? The famed city winery in Nashville, Tennessee. And from the moment that people got out of their cars and into the venue, there was a buzz in the air. One of those uh, moments that everyone knows they're in for a special show. And that's because that night, the bittersweets composed of Chris and Hannah Myers were going to take the stage. And boy, did they not disappoint. They rocked the stage for about two hours with all their hits, all their music, making people have all sorts of emotions that their music can do. And uh, it was just a wonderful performance, a wonderful night. And we're so honored to have folk pop duo, The Bittersweets, Chris and Hannah, today on J-Rod Concerts, the podcast. Coming from San Francisco, The Bittersweets are a musical duo unlike any other. They have crafted their own sound that has created raving fans and admiring critics across the country. And the sound can easily be described as realistic in life. There's a lot of gray in there. You know, it's not all black and white in life as we know. There's a lot of ups and downs and the Bittersweets captured it better than anybody. It is a wonderful, wonderful band and you guys are going to love their sound. We welcome them on the show. They talk about their genesis as a couple, as a band, their songwriting process, a challenge that they started in 2021 about releasing one new song every month. Really fascinating thing. And they perform and chat about their Aerosmith cover of Living on the Edge that has completely revolutionized uh, just the way people listen to to this song. It's absolutely outstanding. You're going to love it, guys. So without further ado, we welcome you guys to The Bittersweets here on J-Rod Concerts, the podcast. I am your host, Jamie Rodriguez. If you're new to the show, welcome. Check us out on our social media, Instagram, J-Rod Concerts Media, on Twitter, J-Rod Concerts, Facebook, J-Rod Concerts Media. If you have any band that we think we should have, that you think fits the mold of our show, send us a DM, send us an email. We are always listening and talking to our listeners. So let's get on with it. The Bittersweets on J-Rod Concerts, the podcast. And Hannah, I mean, first, I mean, where to start with you guys? I mean, the bittersweets, Chris and Hannah, incredible souls and incredible talents, guys. I mean, but let's start with that. Let's start with Nashville, guys. Saw you guys a few weeks ago at City Winery. Um, I was looking at the set list because I had the set list right here. You stole our room. set list? God stole the set list because I knew I was going to talk to you guys. There you go. The room was packed. Fantastic show, guys. I mean, so much great music. The songwriting, guys. You just, you guys, the way you captured the essence of life. Um, I mean, just phenomenal. And we've gotten to know you guys, you guys' music uh, the past few weeks from the 2006 Life You Always Wanted to 2008 Goodnight San Francisco and to the new stuff. I mean, it is like an experience to get into the Bittersweets music, guys. So we're really glad to have you on the show. Aww, that's, that's so sweet. sweet. You're like the nicest person in the world. Thanks. I feel like... That's uh, no, true. <laughs> really, it's, it's, that's so thoughtful. It was phenomenal. It was phenomenal, guys. And we'll, uh, I want to talk about the new guys, uh, the new songs in a second. But, but, but Hannah, let me first ask you. You guys were in Florida recently for some vacation. How was Florida? 
Oh, it was amazing. It's so hard to leave Florida. I never went to Florida uh, until we moved here. I think I went one time to Disney World when I was really little. Okay, but that's different, uh, right? Yeah, different I know, I know. There's all this Florida culture. Like, every area is so different. I've only ever been to, you know, Santa Rosa Beach area. 38th thing. It's like you just drive south and you get to the closest beach and body of water you can but we can, can find. Can tell you what happened though on Saturday we yeah. drove back um sure. on 65 north you know the whole way back and it was like uh what's tropical, tropical storm, storm Claudette yeah. Oh yeah I read about the that okay It was the hardest driving when we we literally all we did was drive for our, a living basically for <laughs> for all the time we would just tour nonstop for many years and this was the yeah. single worst drive we've ever had in our lives and there was this major wreck um, it was, was like, like a national from Birmingham, right? Yeah, yeah. A, bunch yes. of, a bunch of kids died. It was died. so sad. Like oh my so God, yeah. It was, it was a tragedy. It was, yeah. it, was, um, it was really, really unsafe. I felt like we almost oh, pulled off. And then there was a tornado warning. But anyways, uh, sorry. <laughs> we turned everything into depressing. Um, you're like asking it's bittersweet scene. It's, it's, uh, yeah. it's Adam too. I love it. Our vacation was lovely. Yeah. Okay, good. Well, I'm glad you guys are safe. But yeah, I definitely read about that news in Birmingham yeah. such a tragedy and we we'll obviously pray for the family and all that and all mm -hmm. the people affected but definitely Chris so, so so Chris you know just going back to your early life for a second you know you're from Massachusetts Hannah you're from California originally mm -hmm. uh, I mean both of your parents were musical teachers right so you guys both saw like at an early age uh, you know the, the power of music right oh yeah well Chris's folks weren't musicians oh they weren't even not they, even close they, they didn't, they're so talented though but do you talk about your parents yeah my folks were music teachers like and my mom refuses to retire. I don't know if she'll ever retire. She's like seventy four. Uh -huh. I think I she's love that. You're not supposed to say her actual well, age. On I the just at, well, look. She's refusing to retire. She loves. I mean, she loves teaching. Um, and you know, it's been so life giving for both of them, and amazing for me to grow up around uh, all the music all the time. <laughs> I didn't really get into Americana though until I met Chris because hmm. I was so busy doing other music like I was in musical theater going to jazz right musical production all that jazz. stuff jazz I did a little bit of opera in college uh <laughs> everything I did it yeah. I played jazz but then when Chris you know introduced me to this whole new world I was like whoa I think this is where I fit the best I don't know with me or the never music? looked back <laughs> although yeah, I, hear, with, I with see both. dream of I secretly dream of writing a musical with Chris someday oh yeah I would love, I would love to do that exactly. I can see that happening you know like a show of you guys it's almost a musical just a little plot I can't you guys got it this. can you yeah, please a plot, plot line tell yeah. him it yeah. really did feel like a beginning middle end I mean finishing with this land is man it was like Springsteen on Broadway it was great yeah <laughs> But it's true. And Hannah, like, okay, but like when you discovered Joni Mitchell, like before you met Chris, that kind of like blew your mind, right? Like, was that because we see a lot of parallels? And actually, she uh, her her blue uh, her blue album turned 50, 50 today. Yes, oh, yeah. you're kidding. Literally on the stage. Yes. Yeah. I yeah. I guess I did. I can't give you all the credit. You were listening to folk music. Yeah. I mean, it was like actually in my sophomore year of high school, I was fifteen, and my English teacher gave me a. A, tape, a cassette tape of um, Alison Krauss, and okay. it just blew me away. I was like, "This is something. I gotta, I gotta <laughs> do a deep dive." So, yeah, all that just that folk stuff. So influential. 
Absolutely. Mm -hmm. and, and, and it just pours out of the sound of you guys. And Chris, you know, you are obviously synonymous with it. If people see you, you know, it's like, okay, Chris Myers and the guitar are one. But you, you mentioned this briefly, you were into jazz and you were into piano first, right? So when did you make that switch? When was that pivot time where you just went for the guitar there? Yeah, so I was, um, I decided to, uh, I, I was pretty sure that I wanted to go to Berkeley you know, Berkeley School of Music in Boston and, and play jazz piano there. And as I had started going through the whole application process, my, my teacher at the time was, had, had taught there for a while, I guess I realized that the jazz world, because I had started doing competitions and stuff too, it was just this really competitive place. Um, and I think some people just And you know, Chris is not competitive at all. I, I am so competitive. So he just losing. never would have fit in there. Mon never play Monopoly with me. I'm ruthless. really I'm one of those like I'm terrible. <laughs> I'll be playing with a five-year-old, and I'll just, just, I'll just destroy. Right. Your wife. He played <laughs> once with me, and at one point during the game, he's like, "Are you an idiot?" <laughs> yeah. Okay. But this Monopoly, is you know, Monopoly can cause that. I don't blame you guys. Not the worst. But long story short, I, I, um, I just, I think I decided that I'd been getting more into singer-songwriters. Um, actually, my whole life, honestly, the very first, the way I taught myself the piano was my aunt had bought me um, Born in the USA on vinyl. By the way, behind oh, us. Oh, you know, like, see that. Oh, there he is. I can see, I can see Bruce's part. Yeah, yeah for, for the audio audience, there's, uh, there's a vinyl there of uh, Born in the USA. Yeah, on the wall. That's Love that's it. it. Um, that's the one she gave me, uh, the exact copy. And I. Oh, that's the exact yeah. copy. Yeah, that's, that's the one. That's the exact one that she gave me. Um, Amazing. And, and I just played the record to death. Um, and I decided, my mom had put a piano in the same room where the record was. It was the only record I owned. She bought a piano only because she thought my dad needed a hobby um, and he never took her <laughs> up on it. So it was just sitting there. And so I just started plunking away and I actually learned, um, I learned the entire record by ear when I was like six or something. But it, it took like two years to learn it. But that's how, that's how I taught myself piano. And then you tried to take traditional lessons, right? And that never worked. Oh, then. yeah. But I was, the, I was the worst student. I left a trail was, of angry teachers in my wake. But then who was the teacher that really stuck with you? Are you the interviewer now? Yeah. Oh, I, I love that. Uh, Hannah, take it away. You rock. That's a great uh, question. No, so I, I ended up uh, in this little uh, hill town in western Massachusetts where, where I, I lived. It turns out um, Joe Cocker's old musical director lived there and taught um and somebody connected us and they're like well if you, if you all the other teachers uh don't like you and you don't like them you have to try this guy and i would walk in and he would just start you know he just like pull out his bass and be like okay let's go and he'd just start playing and you just have to walk with him and keep with him and it was it was amazing um but anyways he also he said i'm going to give you one guitar lesson if you want to switch to guitar i'm going to give you one lesson and he did he gave me one lesson he said it's going to take an hour um, he taught me everything I need to know. And then he's like, you can go for me. Wow. Wow. I love those stories, you know, and it makes you wonder how many, you know, talents maybe were derailed by teachers or, you know, just stuff like that. But anyway, awesome guys. And, you know, guys, I have to ask about, um, a little bit about you guys as, as a couple, cause you guys are a beautiful couple, obviously, but like, you know, you guys have talked about this to death, Hannah, but how did you guys meet? Right. I mean, significant other definition, who looked at who, who fell in love with who? How was the chemistry uh, there? Yeah. I don't know. We, I met, mean, we actually met in Berkeley, California. Yeah. Berkeley? Yeah. We were okay. doing like a, a year long, like kind of pseudo volunteer thing. Um, and and we were working in the same place. I was in, in, interning. We were interns. In. Um, it was kind of a half real job. But no, I heard her yeah. sing. But not, we were not, a we were seeing other people then. Um, mm -hmm. And we, uh, 
actually the first time we toured even mm-hmm. we were we we were at each other's throats like we did not get along um, sure. before as before um gps could talk to you oh uh, i mean we had like pages I may have directions and maps and we would we would fight constantly but i think we had so many we kind of got all of our fights out of our system i feel like we got very comfortable communicating okay very openly with each other and then at some point in time right before we moved to, to nashville or kind of like right after right after we moved to nashville we, we uh um i don't know i love that story yeah yeah because i did one because obviously guys you know you can talk about paul and lydna mccartney you can talk pat benatar new geraldo yeah you know tim yeah. mcgraw and faith hale like music is littered with very you know with power musical couples but but yeah like so you said you got the fights out of the way early uh, is it <laughs> difficult sometimes like you know the lines like if you guys are performing a show and chris bought the wrong cheese or whatever the night before <laughs> like does that blend into it or is it just like separate apart? Uh, well, I will say we're coming up on 10 years of marriage. So I feel like we can compartmentalize like crazy now. We're experts, right? Yeah. Experts. I, I've, you know, so there's so much show. we realize at this point in our relationship, like there's things that are a big deal and a lot of it's just really not a big yeah. deal. And I feel like we can kind of bounce back. Totally. I also show. feel like it's so great. <laughs> we love playing so much together. Part of me just like mm-hmm. when we're on stage, it's just yeah. Fun. I don't know, it's just fun. Mm-hmm. We just love being with each other. So I feel like even if you're angry before you go on, it's hard to definitely. We're, yeah, we, I mean, I, hard to stay mad at her. On well, stage. and I feel like it's taken us a while, but I feel like we finally are realizing. Oh my gosh, energy is everything when you're performing live. You know, you sure. Just be try to be. You know, in a in a centered space, in an excited space, happy. How yeah. whatever you want to convey, like energy is everything. I, I agree with that. The first thing we say to each other, we try to like pump each other up before shows. We're like, okay, let's just have fun with each other, no matter what happens. Yeah. Yeah. So. And it goes into the audience and thank you guys. Like you guys do that so well because it's part of you. Maybe you don't realize how much beautiful you have inside of you, but like it spreads through the room and it's part of the experience of seeing you guys. So that was lovely. Right. <laughs> yeah. No, it's true. Can't wait to see you guys again. So guys, Chris, when you moved to Nashville, that was kind of a big deal, right? Because you guys were West, I mean, you guys were based in the West Coast, if I, if I have the story right, and you guys were making great music there. What was the break point, the breakthrough moment where you guys looked at each other and you said, Hannah, this is this is the time to do it. What was like that, that breaking point? It was a bunch of things. One was um, our drummer at the time, Steve Bowman, was moving out to Nashville and he had kind of been okay. living in both places. He's like, he was kept trying to convince us to come out um we were a five-piece band at the time mm. um our bass player who is now a power intellectual property attorney in the mm-hmm. bay area he was like the spotify lawsuit like the big one the <laughs> happy birthday lawsuit um like he's, right. just, he's a huge famous attorney now but he was our bass player and he had just graduated law school cool. uh, i don't now looking back don't know how he did law school in the band at the same time uh, but he did so he was going to be moving on because he had mm. to become a lawyer and you know pay back his law school bills and stuff um, so we were at a point where it was kind of like, well, we could we could follow Steve out here and and uh, and try to start something new. We were also it was a bunch of transitions were happening. Like we, like I said, we were about to start, uh, you know, seeing each other more seriously, more <laughs> just than just bandmates. Um, our record label was dissolving, um, so we were kind of looking for a new. Uh, 
new label at the time you kind of needed a record label to do anything and then yeah you know it was also just logistical like we were touring constantly and anytime we wanted to start a tour we'd have to drive for like three days from san francisco to get to the first show (laughs) um and we realized if you're in nashville you know your days drive from most cities in the country not to mention it's pretty wild not to mention the bay area california bay area is a hard place to live if you're a musician yeah it's so expensive cost of living is yeah astronomical to like a side sure. gig as a side gig as a programmer or something like that right yeah <laughs> yeah absolutely guys all right let's talk a little bit about your music but thanks for sharing that because you guys are synonymous with nashville is lucky to have you guys but um all right let's talk about a few songs uh so many directions let's talk about i'm still here i love that song mm-hmm. um and it's a strong such a strong obviously and beautiful song chris and you know, when you played that at City Winery, I, I think that was the emotional apex of the evening. It's like everything stopped moving. Obviously, you talked about it. It deals with your mother and her battle with mental disease. Um, was it cathartic writing this song, Chris? Like, how did it come about? Yeah, I, you know, I don't think that it was cathartic at the time. At the time I wrote it, um, my mother was uh, in the process of dying. We knew that she was basically dying. Um, but she was still, you know, she was still present and physically there with us. And I think, um, I don't know that it was cathartic. It was just kind of came out of me, mm. right? It, I mean, sometimes songs, you, you finish them and you're, there's some sort of relief. And I think that because the entire song, there's no resolution, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, it, it was, I've actually got another song. Um, so in, in we're going to release... Uh, we never recorded I'm Still Here. We played it twice live. That's, it's interesting you mention it because it's such a, it feels new. Um, but we're going to be releasing that in August, the actual recording of it. But we're going to follow it up in September with another song that I wrote after she died, um, which okay. is which is kind of, I think, the resolution. It's kind of me then looking back to, to like childhood and all of the, the positive memories. Because she really really was an incredible mother, an incredible woman. Um, The whole time I lived in the house, uh, she was, uh, I think, in a much better place health-wise and uh, and, uh, mental, emotionally, too. And and a lot of this other stuff um, happened to her later in life, so. Sure, sure. She's like a beautiful woman, Chris. That's wonderful. You're you're paying homage that way. Uh, Hannah, talk to uh, talk to me about. You guys are being so generous with your time. Thank you, guys. This is oh, super yeah. enjoyable. We're thrilled to be yeah. joining us. Lovely. This well, is great, Hannah. Uh, of you. course, you uh, you guys are doing a great project. To, you know, uh, one song every month in 2021. Mm-hmm. I mean, amazing. And every song you guys have released is fantastic. Thank you. Um, yeah, so like first of all, the ballsy idea. Where did the idea come from, Hannah? And uh, talk to me a little bit about the discipline. Like, like what's the discipline that goes into? Because every song is a plus. What's the discipline to get there? Oh, like one a month. Well, yeah. One, even like one single a month. One a month. It's hard. We have like a very detailed timeline. It's like spreadsheet that Chris put together because he like. <laughs> He's just so good with that kind of thing. So every day, like new tasks, tasks pop up on our calendars. We're like, oh, oh gosh, oh gosh, okay. But it's it's good to just kind of have these. I'm I'm a big list person, so it's good to have things we can check off each day to slowly get there, so that it's, we're not just totally bombarded at the end of the month, like the day before the release. Like, oh shoot, we didn't do <laughs> X, Y, or Z. So we're trying to keep up with our 
our timeline and um, it's hard because we juggle you know life and we have two little boys and um, we have a home studio so that makes a huge difference because a lot of times one of us can escape into the studio you're, you're in the home studio right now by the way <laughs> you're in our home studio. right uh, yeah it's, it's great it's amazing and it's so life-giving because for a while we kind of stopped and took a long hiatus from <laughs> from everything so it's it feels good to kind of push ourselves and get back out there and just do what we love what we know we'll always love and it'll never stop being a part of us so yeah um, yeah it's, I, it's, oh go ahead no <laughs> no no it, it sounds chris like you're very like you take a very disciplined approach like you you guys will go it sounds like nine to five no distractions and hammer something out it you guys are not just like hey inspiration strikes the muse when the muse hits kind of kind of artists well, so the, the crazy thing, it's, it's crazier than, than nine to five, um, because when we stopped touring and playing music, we both got day jobs. Um, my day job evolved into uh, a pretty heavy, <laughs> heavy time intensive job. Um, Are you going to tell everybody what it is? Yeah, sure. <laughs> I'm the, so I'm the dean of students at Vanderbilt Law School. Okay. Um, so, so I do that during the day. And then we get back and we kind of put our kids to, to bed and kind of feed them dinner. Interesting. And then basically all night until some hour of the night, we're mixing or we're just doing, we're doing something every single night. Um, so it's busy. It's really busy. And there's not yeah, enough look at you. sleep. So, so lucky um, to have you, Chris. Look at you. I mean, that's I'm a wait. side hustle. You're making a difference. <laughs> I talk about a side hustle, right? It, it didn't I, I didn't really intend for to to for this to happen I just kind of I had gotten a, just a job um yeah kind of hold me over and I just you know as it turned out just kind of hung around and things happened so cool <laughs> he's very awesome. humble he's very humble he's an amazing dean Vanderbilt's very lucky to have him thanks I'm sure Commodores go Commodores Love Commodores <laughs> anchor down awesome yeah, well, guys, you guys have been amazing. So generous with your time. Uh, is the rumor true that you guys may play a little ditty for us? Yeah, we can talk about The rumor that. is true. Oh my yeah, we God, got Mike. We're in the studio. Why not? Um, what do you What do you want to do? See, uh, I told you we don't prepare. We just kind of show up. For I love it. Go and go and feel. We prepare for the for the records where we have our to do list, but we kind of do these things. What do you feel? Well, we could do world ends or um, the cover or. Oh yeah, do you want it? Should we do? I guess that was the last single. Or we should, do... we, should we do the Aerosmith song? Just because the, the "Living on the Edge." Living sure. on the Edge. Okay. Is that right? Wonderful, wonderful performance. Yeah, lovely. This is a. I mean, this kind of story behind this. This is the last single that we released um, a couple of weeks ago, but we basically the story is that we both heard the song. This was a huge single, right back in the '90s that we were familiar with. I remember buying the record uh, or the CD at a CD store when I was a teenager. Um, but we just heard this at some point during 2020 and we were like, oh my God, that song could have been written mm -hmm. right now. Um, mm. what if we, what if we just kind of think of it as a folk ballad? Cause that's kind of how I, I'm, I'm hearing it. And we just sat down with what kind of came out. Yeah. Are you here? Let's go with the watermelon. Hey, <laughs> okay. There's something wrong with the world today I don't know what it is Something's wrong with our eyes We're seeing things 
unbelievable what a beautiful song what a duo what a band guys wow thank you guys so much for joining us that was phenomenal that was a drop the mic moment right there <laughs> thank you You're very sweet that's so gentle. no hannah it was phenomenal you should have seen the people's exp expressions leaving city winery that night and can't wait to see you guys play, play again oh, hey, we, we're so grateful that you would have us on um and this has been so much fun yeah. Absolutely, guys. We look forward to uh, seeing you move forward this year and with the rest of your projects. Congratulations. Awesome. Thank, Thank you. you so much. We look forward to following you, too. All right, guys. Take Peace. care. We'll talk soon. This has been J-Rod Concerts, the podcast with Jamie Rodriguez.